Hello and welcome to Ways Women Lead, the podcast where remarkable female leaders share their personal journeys and offer valuable guidance on advancing your career as a woman in leadership. Join host Anna Gramadska and her guests as they delve into various aspects of leadership, including diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast is brought to you by Six Group, a global executive search and leadership advisory firm. Paula, hello. Welcome. It is great to see you today. Great to see you, Anna. Thank you very much for joining me. I was looking forward to the conversation with you, having worked with you for, for a little bit now, and having learned about your interesting story of being the fourth generation representative CEO of, of your company, of Technos. Uh, I think there's so much inspiring you know, information you can share. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation and learning a little bit more about your leadership journey, your struggles, your challenges, but also your achievements, the moments you've been most proud of. There'll be so much food for thought in this for anyone who will be listening to this. So just for those who don't know, uh, Technos Group is a global coatings company headquartered in Helsinki in Finland, currently with operations in 23 countries, 1,800 employees, and net sales of 419 million in 2021. You, you became the CEO in 2015, but you've been working in the company since 1997. What have you found most fascinating working for Technos over all these years as the company has been uh, developing, expanding? I think the, one of the, the key things there is that as we are playing a infinite game, so we see the quarter in a slightly different manner than most of the companies, as we are not a stock listed one, which is for a fourth generation of this size, a unique position. So we are looking at it more from a quarter of a century than a quarter of a year. And that allows me to plan in the long term. How does it translate into you know, the environment of Technos, the values of the business? the competitive advantage you might hold? What does it mean? You know, what are the implications of this for the wider business? That really enables us to, to have that kind of a responsibility, empowerment, thinking over the generations. It creates a kind of an open environment. It gives a possibility for us to grow our team in a manner where they also can think in the long term and not thinking about the next three, four months in advance, but rather thinking about the long term th uh, thing and where are we planning on going, becoming the most sustainable coding solution provider close to the customer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in terms of yourself and you know, being with the business for so long, what do you find most fascinating about the industry? What gets you up every morning? What gets me up every morning is the morning coffee that I have on the terrace. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that you were looking for that one. Um, in terms of the industry, well, as an industry, we are rather an old fashioned one. But I'm always curious because every time you get up, you're able to go forward and ask the question going forward in, in trying to get the people to become and develop into the best versions out of themselves. What, what has been your proudest moment throughout your career? 
my proudest moment, other than having the next generation participating into the company. In addition to that one, when I've had situations where I've been able to bring the team together to build something new, to plan and go forward. When, when we've been able to conclude uh, a longer struggle, and we found a new way of attacking a thing. So, uh, for example, when we now came back for the first time this spring after the COVID lockdown and we, we had our management team meeting. So having that environment where everybody is respected, they are part of the family. Did you always knew that you wanted to be the CEO of the organization? No, uh, actually, I had a completely different plan for uh -huh. myself. I'm the second born. Uh, of the family. Uh -huh. My brother is four years older than I am. My thought was that I would have a bakery somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. of uh, the city centre of Helsinki. I loved baking growing up and I loved especially these oatmeal cookies that I was baking. Mm -hmm. And based on that one, I, I created my business plan when I was 10 years old. I had thought of the location so that it would be next to a truck stop. Mm -hmm. So I would have a secure lunch crowd out of the truckers and I would be able to serve them healthy uh, but homely lunches mm -hmm. but I also thought since it's next to high school so I would have a perfect supply for youngsters who want to work in in a company before school or after the hours. And and what changed your mind? What, what made you not follow this this business plan? When I was 18, my brother came to me and after a long discussion about how to be a responsible owner and the discussion went so that he had come to the conclusion that as my temperament is a bit more on the long term thinking than his, that the company would be better suited led by me. Uh -huh. and I think it took me less than half a second to say yes to that one. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Because at the end of the day, regardless what kind of recipes you're doing, it's either coatings or it's baked goods, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. You immediately knew you wanted to, to be the CEO. He didn't have to encourage you. It was always somewhere at the back of your head that that would be a wonderful thing to do. Not really so much. Um, I actually thought that I'm going to be leading a company. Even then, uh -huh. it was not the CEO role that I was after. It was much more leading from within and and leading so that I can make the, the people to be the heroes of that story. So clearly you are strongly value-oriented and purpose-driven. You mentioned earlier how you enjoy, part of the leadership responsibilities that you enjoy is growing people, seeing how you co-create together with people and then sharing more of a personal bond, not only a professional bond. Have you changed company's values when you took over? Has company changed in any way? So the company values have always been the same. So mm -hmm. being creative, persistent and fair. Mm -hmm. So that's what my uh, great grandfather built the company on. So mm -hmm. nothing in that one uh, has changed. But mm -hmm. the way that we interpret that has changed with mm -hmm. the times and how, how those have changed and what the outside world requires from us. Mm -hmm. So what it requires from us is much more empowerment. It's much more on people leading themselves. Mm -hmm. It's much more interpretation of the environments where we work. And as we are now in so many countries, it also requires understanding of the local traditions and cultures so that we are able to work 
within them uh, according to to their values as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what was it difficult to adjust you know to to interpret these values to the modern environment what decisions did you have to make to ensure that you can uh, continue to maintain the same values but adapt to the new environment the decisions not so much it's much more a cultural transition so mm -hmm. coatings industry is very much of a traditional one uh, mm -hmm. you have the gray suits the engineers that are driving the industry it is very much product based it has been very much on on the side of understanding uh, manufacturing processes and all of that what has been the biggest change is is much more that we ask a lot of questions we also adapt to to that one and we are in a way trying to listen to where do we go from from there so not only should we be looking at the hard facts but also the emotional side of things how how the passion create the passion for people how to create it into a story where we co-create also with the customers Mm -hmm. I think this is more and more important these days, isn't it? People are driven by purpose. They want to know that they work for an organization that brings value to the wider community. Uh, they want to know that they are part of something bigger, not just generating profit. Uh, and I think uh, Technos has done it very successfully. You have always been very purpose driven. You've always had strongly defined values. You've always been strongly driven by sustainability. And it very much speaks to people these days. They don't want to just be, they want to know that they make a difference and, and are part of something, something bigger, but, which is fantastic. I, I can imagine it's extremely motivating. But at the same time, you mentioned that there are some pressures when we spoke previously, that there are some pressures coming with the fact that you are holding CEO role of a family on generation. So you, you have to look at the impact the company brings onto wider communities, for example. What what are the what would be the pressure? Would you be able to explain? Well having a balance is something that I have been talking about for, for the past twenty odd years, mm -hmm. I okay. think. Mm -hmm. The balance is is coming much more about not only the balance between your uh, your own personal well-being, but how do you actually bring the balance to to the people that you're leading? How do you go forward from trying to balance the the home life? How do you balance the pressures from coming from the external world? And how do they come across in terms of your own ambition level? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm very ambitious as a personality <laughs> type anyway, so that doesn't matter. And I think that the COVID has actually made this easier for everybody to try and balance everything. So as you can see, I'm working from a home office currently. Now that is much more of a norm. And mm -hmm. should that be the time when the kids are coming back from school, you would probably hear somebody knocking at the door asking, can I have uh, milk and cookies or <laughs> or telling me just hi to say that they've actually arrived from school. But balancing that in addition to, to balancing how much should you travel, how much should you be present, what are the things that you can do remotely? What can you do in, or what do you need to do in face-to-face -face meetings? So all of that needs to be balanced. What's your advice on this, on, on people who are striving to this leadership position and, and they are struggling with balancing, you know, home versus work? Be authentic. Was mm -hmm. that out? 
voice where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. I have a color coding system for my kids. So they know exactly when they are not allowed to barge mm-hmm. in into the room and uh, have a discussion with your either line reporting or or with your team that where are you within your own space and mm-hmm. what are the deal breakers for you, so to say. Mm-hmm. So open, transparent communication is key, isn't it? So everyone is, there's no one right or wrong way of doing things as long as there is an open, transparent communication among team members and, and you have set some barriers and uh, and rules. Yes. Um, and um, when you first took on the CEO role, did it feel like, you know, natural or did you have to adjust? How was it for you? Well, as I never thought, I thought that I'm going to be leading a company, not people. So for me, that was not a natural one. I have always been slightly scared. When I was younger, I was more than slightly scared. I was a lot scared, uh, even terrified of performing in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. So for me, that never came naturally. Stage fright, definitely there. But as you decide to take on responsibility, you need to figure out that what are the must-haves for, for the team? What are the must-haves for the company? Excel in that, that makes you scared because mm-hmm. there's always going to be something is going to be scary. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. means that you need to figure out a way that suits you. How do you get over that one? Mm-hmm. And I like to lead from within uh, the team, not from from the uh, being the one that tells you a straight direction. Okay, this is how you do but actually this is what you're being meant to deliver. Mm-hmm. So by building relationships as well, by building strong relationships, building among understanding amongst your team members rather than just being very top down, you know, speaking in the company wide, meeting, talking at people, you prefer the relationship building kind of style. Would that be a fair summary? Yes, and and asking a lot of questions, Mm -hmm, asking mm -hmm. a lot of open questions. Mm -hmm. So how would you go about it? Because Mm -hmm. a typical situation in a CEO's life is, Mm -hmm. do you have five minutes? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you need to figure out whether you actually, first of all, have those five Mm -hmm. minutes, Mm -hmm. whether that topic or that person has a timely topic that needs to be handled, Mm -hmm. and whether that is just a situation that can wait and what that means is that you need to have a kind of a porousness in your agenda where you have time for those uh, unscheduled moments. So a lot of prioritizing, knowing your priorities and knowing where you have room for any additional unscheduled conversations and, and activities is key. And knowing yourself. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's very, uh, actually, there's a lot of studies showing how self-reflection uh, an ability to take to take on feedback is a key indicator for leaders' successful career, for leaders' successful progression. Because, uh, as you said, if you if you don't know yourself, if everyone has strengths and weaknesses. If you don't know what your weaknesses are, you cannot. Um, I don't know. Either build teams that will complement for these weaknesses, or, or you know, progress through roles that will play to your strengths rather than against your weaknesses. There's there's lots of ways you can work around your strengths and weaknesses, but first you have to be aware of them. Yes. What advice would you give 
to women who want to progress to a leadership position, be it CEO or any other senior level leadership role, what advice would you give them in terms of how to build credibility with an organization? That's number one. You, you want to be seen as a credible leader, as a strong leader that people can trust, but without alienating people. And, and what three key skills do you feel are most important to develop to be a, a successful leader? Well, if I start from a slightly different angle, what I have always tried to figure out is that how are you your most authentic yourself? That is the only way that you do not alienate people, because if you're not authentic, people will smell that through your skin. Mm -hmm. You will always upset somebody, <laughs> especially if you're passionate about your topic mm -hmm. and you might have very opinionated way of expressing it. Mm -hmm. But Telling the backstory behind that will let them know that actually this is why you're such opinionated person or personality. And the fact that you are so passionate and authentic will show true. Now for the three topics, uh, planning, planning, mm -hmm. planning. So uh, I always have a plan, whether it is for the day, whether it is for, for the week, whether it is for the year or even a long term one. And I try to aim higher. So uh, every time I have my normal standards, which mm -hmm. I communicate externally, then I have my internal standards, which are the ones that I put for myself on a notepad. This is where I actually want to go. And then there is the tolerance, the volatility that I can tolerate in case something goes wrong. And I have a plan of a, B, C, D, and sometimes even E, mm -hmm. dependable on, on the risk factors that there might be for each eventuality. Now, mm -hmm. what would I give as an advice to people other than, yeah, knowing yourself and, and having that authenticity and having that plan? Yeah, I think that those are the three key elements anyway. That's very interesting. I think uh, also they'll be very insightful. You know, people think that they have to be a certain way maybe to be a leader, but that's not true. That different ways to lead, that different styles. Just know yourself, know what you want to achieve, uh, and then you'll be able to work around a plan in order to achieve this. So, what are your key priorities right now for Technos? Well, dependable slightly on on what is the short term and what is the long term. For the short term, mm -hmm. it's definitely profitability. We live mm -hmm. in uncertain times, so there we need to be going forward and and thinking how to mitigate the energy crisis, thinking still how to mitigate the COVID issues in China, thinking how to grow the business uh, elsewhere than Europe, because Europe is definitely stagnated already. If I think about the long term, it's the cultural advancement into getting everybody understanding that how to bring that balance to themselves, how to know what are the mental health issues that they are dealing with and how to support them in overcoming that one. Uh, so you have busy hands, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Never so busy as not to listen to somebody else's problems. <laughs> that's, that's really good to hear. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for, for wonderful insights. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. That's it for this month's Ways Women Lead episode. But there is plenty more insightful and actionable advice from where this podcast came from. 
check out our website on www.6-group.com. If you'd like to know more about how to build and develop diverse, inclusive and effective leadership teams and how to progress your career as a leader. See you next time.